welcome to Metanoia Podcast. My name is Derek. Hopefully, as this podcast develops, we will journey deep into the realms and hopefully learn and gain understanding. I wanted to start this podcast with, I had two topics in mind. We're going to start with the first one. Uh, I feel like Yahweh asked me to start with heaven. What is heaven? Or as this episode is called, heavens. So I wanted to start with my thoughts on heaven uh, relating to my upbringing. I've always pictured heaven as far off, distant, a place of peace and security from all the troubles of the world, and of course, a place where we will sing to and glorify God forever. Apart from the pearly gates and golden streets, I don't recall having much more to add to my childhood picture of heaven. As I've grown older and experienced more from Yahweh, my dreams about what heaven could hold have since evolved. In today's episode, we will dive into some of the Word and uncover more to the mystery of the cosmos and the heavens. I am excited to venture this out, and we will see if it all fits into one episode. I have a feeling this could take a while. Okay, so today's primary focus, this episode's primary focus is more a definitional and conceptual ideas ideas as it relates to heaven and the above dimensions. In the following episodes, we may dive deeper into scripture, more descriptions of this realm and the place we call heavens. But as for today, it's more definitional, more, you know, I guess minimal pontificating, more of just reading out of the books, right? So today, you know, if you're not into reading and, and things like that, you might want to go ahead and tune out because there's a lot of reading, a lot of scripture, lots of definitions. But I will promise you, if you can hang in there, I believe you can get something out of this. Um, just even reading definitions, I was getting just, and my mind was blown, uh, just at the depth and the amazing, uh, you know, mystery that's being uncovered. So, let's start it out. Um, so, I'm going to start out with some scripture that I wanted to preface, uh, you know, preface kind of before we get into the words. So, this is from John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, 
you do know him and have seen him. That's amazing, right? So, Jesus is expressing himself as the door or gate once again and teaches us in Scripture that communion with him is our entry point into eternity. Communion is our access point right now by way of Holy Ghost. Death is no longer our Savior, but the man himself, Yeshua. This is from Matthew 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. But those who find it are few. Again, he's the gate, he's the door, right? Psalm 14. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. Revelation 7. After this I looked, and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessed, blessing and glory, and wisdom and thanksgiving, and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Philippians 3 But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him to even subject... I'm sorry. By the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. John 17. I have a friend uh, named Cody. If I didn't have John 17, I feel like uh, I gotta include that for him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Okay, so I just, those are more to preface just, you know, the above dimensions and the gate, right? So we started with the gate, the door, Jesus himself. He paid way, he made way for us, he gave us access. He even said in one verse, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it's within. So, through the door, we have access to the realms, right? And it's amazing. So, what I've done is, I went into Strong's and I found all of the words that are uh, for heaven, all of the words for heavens, plural, and heavenly. That's the three words I focused on. I believe I have eight that I could, you know, tie relevance to for this uh, little project. 
there were a couple more, but they're kind of confusing. I'm not really, you know, a, a Hebrew master. I'm not a Jedi in the Hebrew art. So cut me some slack. Give me some grace as we go in here. You know, I could be using these words totally wrong. So just keep that in mind. We're just, I'm going with, I'm going with how I feel led and I'm learning. So bear with me. Okay, so the first word we have is 8064 in Strong's, and this is Shemayim, or Shema. Now, for this, I'm going to read the entire description because it is so powerful, and I just, I love it. I really do. It's so, it's just amazing. So, let's, let's get into it. This is the introduction to Shemayim. And by the way, this is the most common. So, this one is used most of the time. Uh, you know, in the hundreds of, almost hundreds of references on heaven, heaven, heavenlies, Shemayim is like majority. It's most of the time, this is the one. So, it has a big introduction, and it's awesome. So, buckle up, maybe take a seat, because this is powerful. Hopefully you're driving at a red light. <laughs> Sometimes Shemayim signifies the atmosphere immediately surrounding the earth, in which the fowls of the air fly. Sometimes it is used of the space in which the clouds are floating. In other places, it refers to the vast expanse through which the stars are moving in their courses. It is opposed to Sheol, the one being regarded as a place of exaltation, the other of degradation. The one being represented as the dwelling place of the Most High and the angels of God, the other as the abode of the dead. It includes all space that is not occupied by the terrestrial globe and extends from the air we breathe and the winds we feel around us to the firmament or expanse that contains the innumerable stars. This it includes and exceeds, for where our intellect ceases to operate and fails to find a limit to the extension of space, their faith comes in. And while before the eye of the body there is spread out an infinity of space, the possession of a supermaterial nature brings us into communion with a being whose nature and condition cannot adequately be described by terms of locality or extension. The heavens and the heaven of heavens cannot contain Him. The countless stars are not only known and numbered by Him, but are called into existence and fixed in their courses by His will and wisdom. Where He is, there the true heaven is. And the glories of the firmament faintly shadow forth the ineffable bliss that those who must realize who are brought into relationship with him. Man, that's a sermon right there. That is amazing. So, we come into communion with a being, Yahweh, whose nature and condition cannot adequately be described by terms of locality or extension. You know, Scripture says he's beyond finding out, right? He's past finding out. Nothing can contain him, not even the heaven and the heaven of heavens. So I don't even know how many, you know, I don't know how many that is, but that's a lot. Can't contain him. 
and I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's three or four or five. I don't know how many heavens there are. You probably know more than me. But they can't contain him. How amazing is that? That we come into communion with a being who can't be contained, yet chose to put his spirit inside of us. I just find that fascinating. Shemayim, you know, usually it's describing the sky, the realm of the sky, where the birds fly, high above the ground, but below the stars and heavenly bodies, is often the locus of visions. I would say a locus is like a locale, like location. The locus of visions. This word represents an area farther removed from Earth's surface from which come such things as frost, snow, fire, dust, keyword dust, don't forget that, we'll get to that in a bit, hail, rain, this realm is God's storehouse, come on, God is the dispenser of the stores and the Lord of the realm, realm is such a cool word. This meaning of Shemayim occurs, uh, blah, blah, blah. Shemayim represents the realm in which the sun, moon, and stars are located. Man, the phrase heaven and earth may denote the entire creation. Come on. Heaven is the dwelling place of God. Another expression represents the dwelling place of God is highest heaven, literally the heaven of heavens. This does not indicate height, but an absolute. God's abode is a unique realm, not to be identified with the physical creation. Wow, that's awesome. So Shemayim, powerful, jam-packed with revelation, jam-packed with mystery, cosmic, celestial, sun, moon, stars. It's all in the Word. And hopefully this isn't too much for you, but this is all pointing up. And I'm struggling with this. I'm being called into this space, you know, this topic, this area. And I am struggling because I don't want to get into astrology. I don't want to get into star signs. I don't want to be under the stars. I don't want to fall into a trap. But the scripture that I chose for this uh, word... My scripture reference is Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Shemayim. He created the Shemayim, and we know, as of per the definition, this is Hebrew, by the way, not only is it the stars, not only is it the planetary bodies, not only is it the sky, everything above. So he created the above and the below. So, man, I love that. Okay, so next we have 7834, and this is Shak'ak. And one second, adjusting some stuff. Shak'ak, a thin vapor, firmament, cloud, sky, heaven, Small dust. Now, the du there's dust again. We're going to see it one more time, or maybe twice. A little nugget in there that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, some of the synonyms of shock-ak. 
6160, which is Araba, or Ar- Ar- Araba, I think. 1534, Galgal, personal favorite. And 8064, Shemaiah, the most common. So, Shak'ak. Thin vapor, firmament, cloud, sky, heaven, small, dust, subatomic. Um, Psalm 89, 6, and 36 and 37. For who in the heavens, Shak'ak, can be compared to the Lord? Who, man, who, (laughs) who in the clouds, who in the skies, who in the heavens, who in the subatomic realms, who in the firmament or the vapor, I don't know, who can compare to the Lord? His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon even like the faithful witness in the sky. That's amazing. Didn't they try to blow up the moon in like the 60s? They tried to nuke it? This says it's established forever, so I, would, I wouldn't be doing that. 6183. Arif. The sky as drooping at the horizon. Heavens. This one's a little shorter. So, the sky as drooping at the horizon. It's kind of an interesting way to... I think it's more of a picture. And the way I think of it is as like a a meniscus. When you fill up a cup full of water and you have a dropper with water, you put drops. And as you put drops of water, even though the cup is full, each drop, it basically forms a bubble over the lid of the cup and basically it forms a meniscus which is like a bulge so this is the only thing I can think of like you know the illusion or whatever that happens when you look at the horizon maybe at the beach or something and it kind of bulges I'm just could be totally wrong so the sky or heavens Isaiah 5 verse 30 Arif. And in that day they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one looks unto the land, behold darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens, Arif, above, thereof. Kind of a gloomy scripture, (laughs) but that's the one I picked, so. Sorry. Deal with it. Uh, 6160, Araba. Now, remember, this was a synonym of Shak'ak. So, it's interesting because Shak'ak, small dust, you know, the vapor, firmament. So, a synonym is Araba, which if you're listening, sounds like Arab, which is the root uh, of Araba, which sounds like the Arabian Desert, right? This one, I haven't quite figured out why it's used as heaven to explain the heavens. I haven't figured it out yet, Um, but it is. At least uh, once or twice, I think two or three times, actually, it says. So, Araba, to grow dusky at sundown, evening darkened. 
Obviously, Araba is a desert. Uh, it's used to describe a desert, used to describe a plain, wilderness, and it's used to describe heavens. Araba is modern-day Wadi Araba. Psalm 68.4. Now, this is awesome, so buckle up. Sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Extol Him who rides on the clouds. Or the Araba. This, like, what? Extol Him who rides. Man. In the heavens, by His name is Yah, and rejoice before Him. Now, what? what is extol Him who rides... Remember dust, small dust. Now we're having like desert words. I don't even get this. But it's... All I can think of is like a swirling cloud that he's riding on. That, you know, like a... That's swirled up from the ground. You know, that's all I can think of. Uh, We'll find out one day. But for now, it's all, all I can give you. It's just awesome. I love that. Extol him who rides on the clouds. So, wow. So, how cool is that? And let's just think about David for a minute, writing Psalms. First of all, that dude, he saw some stuff. I mean, there's no way he didn't, right? There's no way he didn't have visions. There's no way he didn't have encounters with God because Psalms is full of mysteries. It's full of... I think it's full of encounters. David was intimate with the Lord. So, Araba, really awesome. Now we're switching more to the Greek and into more controversy. So, hopefully you weren't offended, but if you weren't yet, this will definitely offend you just like it offended me. 3772. Now this is Greek, and the word is Oranos. Like our, O-U-R, Oranos. Now let me flip over to it. This is 3772, blah, blah, blah. Alright. Now, you're going to get offended, and I can't do anything about it, because this is just what the Bible says. The sky, by extension, heaven, as the abode of God... Happiness, power, eternity. Air, heaven, sky, heavenly. Oranos is used in the New Testament of the aerial heavens. The side reel. That is so cool. I think I'm going to use that from now on. The side reel. Starry heavens. Sky. You know, the realm that was created by the Son of God. The eternal dwelling place of God. From here, from Oranos, the Son of God descended to become incarnate. Uh, In his ascension, Christ passed through here. He passed through the heavens. So, Oranos ascended far above all heavens. Ascended far above all Oranos. So, yep. 
He was made higher than the heavens, higher than the Aranos. He sat down at the right hand of, on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, in the Uranus. He is on the right hand of God, having gone into Uranus, heaven. Since his ascension, it is the scene of his present life and activity. From here, Uranus, the Holy Spirit descended at Pentecost. It is the abode of the angels. Thither, <laughs> thither, Thither Paul was caught up. So to here Paul was caught up. Whether in the body or out of the body, he knew not. That's Oranos. He went up. It is to be the eternal dwelling place of the saints in resurrection glory. Nice. From here Christ will descend to the air to receive his saints. He will subsequently come with his saints and with his holy angels at the second advent. In the present life, heaven, Oranos, is the region of spiritual citizenship of believers. Remember the verse in the beginning I quoted. Present heavens, Oranos, with the earth, with the earth, wow, are to pass away. Something about some fire and blah, blah, blah. Okay, and then we have... So, yeah. Just... The abode of God is heaven. It's Oranos, which is up there. Right? Starry heavens. So... I have a feeling this is just me pontificating. Again, could be totally wrong. I have a feeling the scrolls that they uh, had to burn in the New Testament, I think it's like fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of books that they had to burn when they were converted um, in the New Testament. They were astrology books, I believe. Why do they have to burn those? Right? If Hebraically they were mystics, right? The wise men knew enough about the stars and timing to know when the Messiah was to be born and to know how to navigate. So, why do they have to burn astrology books in the New Testament? My personal belief, as of right now, is that those books were self-serving. In origin, that would be Luciferian, right? Doest thou wilt, right? That's Luciferian, that's satanic. We're not here to do as thou wilt. We're not here to do our will. We're here to do the will of the Father, right? So my personal belief as of as it stands right now, I believe those astrology books were self-serving, using the signs and the times for personal gain. That's what I just believe. And then obviously 
we don't know the details. They could have been getting power, mysteries, knowledge, you know. I'm sure they had a stock market back then, right? I'm sure they had stuff to make money off of or cattle to trade and, you know, whatever. I'm sure they knew what they were doing, right? They were smart people. That's one thing we discount. I mean, they were smart. In some ways, they were smarter than us. We don't even understand the stars today like they did. So, Oranos. Really strange. Now, here's where it gets weird. Here's where you are about to be offended. Hopefully not, but maybe. Oranos is Greek for Uranus, the planet. Now, not the planet, but the Greek, I mean, the Roman, Greek-Roman god Uranus. I believe it's Roman. Like a convert, I think maybe it was Roman originally, and now it's Greek, so Uranus. A god, a deity. Now, what the heck is going on here? Why is the Bible using heavens to describe a Greek god, but also describe heavens? I have no clue. But that's the Greek, right? So the scripture we have... Now this, I'm going to preface... I, maybe it's possible that John the Baptist was using this word to appeal to these Greeks or people who spoke this language. Maybe he was using the lingo. I don't know. Matthew 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of Uranus is at hand. What? The kingdom of Oranus. I believe John the Baptist was intimate with Jesus. I believe he saw stuff, right? I believe he knew stuff, understood some stuff. Enough to use that word, right? I trust the Spirit of God, right? I trust that uh, Holy Ghost is a big boy. I trust that he... I trust that he can bring this book from the mouth of Paul to the inscribing of the, what he said all the way to today. I believe he can bring the meaning. I believe Holy Ghost is a big boy. So that's there, and we're looking at it, right? Uranus, what the heck, right? Can't give you an answer, but it's kind of cool. 3771. Oranios, so very close, kind of like a sister word. Oranios means celestial, belonging to or coming from sky, from the sky, heaven. Funny story, real quick. I was at lunch, my wife and I, we were at lunch with some friends. We were discussing some recent stuff that's been happening kind of in our local body and personally uh you know not going to go into too much detail but lots of star stuff lots of heavenly stuff lots of planetary stuff uh and some constellations that the lord's been showing me and some other people and it's like it's a mystery right and it's kind of frightening uh you know I'm more in the fear of the Lord than I've ever been. Um, as he's showing mysteries. So, 
our server at the restaurant, uh, one of our friends caught this. Her name is Noelle. She caught it right before we left. Uh, the server's name was Celestial. And I just, you know, at that point, I was just like, of course. Of course that's her name. Because this is crazy. I don't understand what's happening. Uh, but that's just, I thought that was a funny, cool story because God is so in the details. He is. He's so in the details. And, you know, we got to pay attention, right? When it's this clear, right? When it's that clear, you better be paying attention or at least writing it down, you know, which is what I'm trying to do. So, Oranios, celestial, belonging to or coming from the sky heavens. So our scripture verse is Acts 26. Uh, While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. So this is Saul's conversion into Paul. Saul's Persian. Uh, Saul's conversion into Paul. Now think about this for a minute. Celestial. Celestial. Come on. Stars, planets, space, celestial. I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. I believe it's been proven that stars... The sun is a star. We know that. But there are stars that are brighter than the sun. We know that as well. So, man, just so crazy that Jesus appearing like a star to Paul. We also call Jesus in Revelation and some other places the bright and morning star. Now, just going to kind of leave that there. You can look into it if you feel like it, uh, if you feel led. I have a little bit, and I'm not at liberty to go into that rabbit hole. But uh, it's weird. That's all I can say. It's just weird. I, don't, I, I can't explain it. I, I don't have any answers. But I believe there's so much more than we can understand. I believe it's beyond understanding uh, without the Spirit. 2032, ep oranios. I don't know what the ep means in Greek, you know, don't know what that means. But ep oranios, above the sky, celestial, in heaven, heavenly, high. Man. So. For those of you who are really offended, maybe you're about to turn this off. Hopefully not, but I'm just reading scripture. I'm reading Greek. I'm reading Hebrew words to describe the above dimension, the above realm, the side reel. That's all I'm doing. I'm not really adding too much of my opinion, you know, not in this episode, trying not to. There's a few things I just can't help myself, but hey, I'm just reading. So, 
this is coming out of the word. So we have to come past everything being demonic. We have to go past that blanket statement. This is very cut and dry. This is pointing up. It's pointing up there. Jesus put the kingdom inside of us. And I just read to you Shemayim, where he is, heaven is. And I just read to you that Jesus is the door or the gate out of the word. I just read it. That That's not really, I'm not adding, like, I'm just reading it. Where he is, heaven is. Heaven is in you. Heaven is at hand. Celestial. Now, I'm not big on math, but that's an easy one to figure out, right? Or I'm not big on riddles, but that's a pretty, that's pretty simple when you look at it rightly. So, hopefully you're being stretched. My, you know, I don't want to just offend you, although I kind of enjoy that a little bit. Uh, just a little. I do like to offend people. But out of love, right? My heart is to see people grow. So when I challenge or, or bring up maybe a more strongly or passionately worded, you know, whatever, it's coming from love because I want to see I want to see growth. I want to see expansion. I see this stuff. I read it. It's so clear. It's so cut and dry that we are to. At minimum, have an understanding of some of this stuff. At minimum. Personally, I believe. But here's the thing. I'm not searching this out. That's the big... That's the kicker, right? Because what did we say? What did I say at the beginning? We're not here to do our will. That's satanic. That's Luciferian, right? That's what they say. Do as thou wills. That's not what we're here to do, right? The Father has been revealing this to me. The Father has been showing me where to look. The Father, the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Ghost has been revealing this to me and those around me. That's the thing. He's been, you know, there's no Lone Ranger. There's none of that. We don't do that, right? You can do that, sure. More power to you, but you're not going to get very far. There's no lone wolf. You can't lone wolf this, right? You got to have people to lean on, right? People to bounce things off of and say, Hey, I feel like the Lord showed me this. What do you think? Am I crazy? Right? I've asked those questions. And it's only grace and mercy that I have been surrounded by a family Right? A kingdom family like I have that build me up, right? That encourage me. That, you know, sure, there's some correction sometimes, but for the most part, we're so in tune. There's not really, you know, a lot of times Holy Ghost brings a correction to me. Um, 
And this is kingdom life, right? Kingdom life. Pulling us into these realms. I'm not going after this. I'm not chasing signs. I'm not chasing an experience. I'm not chasing, you know, do I want to be transported to the realms? Heck yeah, I do. Who wouldn't? Right? But I'm not going to go search it out. I'm just not. In timing, Yahweh, I trust Yahweh. He knows the desires of my heart. He knows the desires of your heart. So, surrendering to Him, yielding, and living that way, in right time, in right season, all your wildest dreams will come true. Believe me. All of your wildest dreams will come true. If you yield, there is a condition to some of this stuff, right? His love is unconditional, right? Uh, unconditional, you know, what he did on the cross, that was unconditional love, right? Everything's paid for. But the deeper we go, the more we surrender. And in a in a kingdom way, the more freedom we have. So, the final word. Oh, Eperanios. I went on a rant. Eperanios. Above the sky, celestial, in heaven, heavenly, high. Right? John 3. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things. Now this is crazy because Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He's like a high priest guy, Pharisee, whatever, uh, dude, and he's trying to convert him. But Nicodemus just, he's not getting it, right? And Jesus basically is talking about being born again, coming into spirit life. And Nicodemus is like, how do you Go back into your mother's womb. How do you do that? I don't understand. And Jesus is... This is what's crazy. Jesus is calling that earthly. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe. Jesus is calling salvation earthly. He's calling spirit life earthly. I don't get it. I'm, I'm offended. Let me be offended for you. Don't be offended. Let me be offended. Right? Stretched. Earthly. What? How will you believe if I tell you celestial things? Cue the explosion sound, right? What? Mind blown. So, final word. Personal favorite. Galgal. A wheel. Whirlwind. Also dust. As world. More dust, dusty dust, dust. Heaven, rolling thing, wheel, whirlwind. Now, before I read the scripture, I want you to think about the wheels within the wheels in Ezekiel's vision, right? And I want you to think about the depths and the realms that we don't even understand, that we can't see. 
And then I want you to think about the, what is this song? My mom knows the name of it. Uh, Wheel in the Sky Keeps on Turning. Obviously, they're probably on drugs when they wrote that, but man, Ezekiel saw that, right? And we trust what he put down. We trust what he wrote. What makes him special? What makes Ezekiel more special than you? Just think about that for a minute. Ezekiel didn't even have Christ. Ezekiel didn't have the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead. He, I'm sure he saw what was coming. I'm sure he saw into the future and salvation for humanity. I'm sure he saw that, but he didn't have the same access we do. He didn't have the new covenant. Yet, saw wheels in the sky <laughs> keep on turning, right? We trust him more than we trust ourselves, more than we trust our brothers and sisters. We trust David's writings I'm about to read some. It's wild. We trust Old Covenant writings more than we trust New Covenant mysteries. We trust Old Covenant writers more than we trust the Spirit inside of us. Why? I'm not devaluing the mighty men and the righteous men and women of the Bible. I'm not. If you If you hear what I'm saying, I'm asking... Why do we hold them at higher value than ourselves or than the Christ in us? Why do we downgrade our experiences? Why do we downgrade each other's experiences? Right? Galgal, whirlwind, dust, heaven, rolling thing. So, Psalm 77, again. Uh, my friend Cody and I, this verse right here, this verse in one in one sitting, we came across this verse. Both of our encounters that we've had recently were confirmed in this one sitting. So cool. This is Old Covenant. This is David writing. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you, they were afraid. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Your lightnings also flashed about. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind, the Galgal. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. So... We can understand earth trembling, shaking, right? Earthquakes. We can understand lightnings. Because we have lightning. We can understand thunder. We can understand thunder in the sky. We can understand clouds pouring out water. That's rain. The depths trembled. I mean, tectonic plates, that kind of thing. Tsunami, maybe. I don't know. 
The waters saw you, O God. We don't understand this. The waters were afraid? We don't understand this. David did. A little. David, I believe this was an encounter he was having. Seeing Revelation. They've now proven that water retains memory. Just think about that. Do with that as you please. But they've proved it. You can imprint an image onto water and then freeze it and it will retain the image. In frozen form. So, we're going to finish off this episode, this segment. I just kind of want to leave you with, hopefully you're stretched, hopefully you're a little bit challenged. Hopefully you're wildly encouraged to be fearless and be bold, right? Be bold about what you're shown. Search out the truth as the Lord reveals to you, as Yahweh reveals to you. Uh, Search it out. I mean, if you're not in a community of kingdom people, you know, don't have, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I can't tell you how many things I haven't shared with anyone. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I write down that never gets, you know, never gets shared. And I believe that's part of it, too. That's part of our journey, you know. There's some stuff that's not meant to be put out. It's part of the journey, right? It's part of the mystery. Part of retaining secrets. But find people, right? Use wisdom, right? Use discernment. Find people. Find your tribe and let's go together, right? Let's let's seek it out together as the Lord's. Let's seek out what He's showing, right? So I want to close it off. Hopefully you've made it to the end. Thank you for those that did. This is the first episode ever of Metanoia Podcast. I'm so glad you made it. Next episode, we're going to continue. We're going to continue on Heaven's. We're going to go into more conceptual, right? More what does scripture say about it, right? Not as much, you know, this episode is a little more broad stroke, kind of just describing definitionally and also kind of getting a vague picture. I really want to go into the possibilities of what it could look like in the next episode. So stay tuned. Stick around. And thank you for tuning in. Bye.